This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Tagger. My host, Eric, and with my guest, Chris. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, everybody? All right, so the past 24 hours um, has been a little crazy since free agency has pretty much taken off because legal tampering was was official um, as of March 11th at 12 p.m., and um, I literally have six pages of a whole transcript of everything that's gone on, and we're going to start off with the most um, famous one up to this very point, which is Antonio Brown. He was traded to the Raiders from the Steelers. The Steelers are receiving a third and a fifth round pick, um, the number 66 and 142 picks, and um, his contract is now max value of $54.125 million over three years. More than $30 million of that is guaranteed, where previously he had no guaranteed money with the, with the, uh, the Steelers. Um, and uh, the most mo- most notable thing about this trade is that the Steelers um, didn't even get any of the picks that the Raiders have, which are the 4th, 24th, 27, and 35 picks, which are the earliest picks that they have. Mm-hmm. And um, three of those in the first round, one of those is an early second round pick. Um, what do you think of this trade, and why didn't the Steelers somehow secure any of those picks? I, I feel like they were just they were done with AB, and they just didn't want him anymore, and they, they may have offered and tried to get a first round or a better pick out of it, and they just weren't budging. And they really just they just didn't want to deal with it anymore. He's caused too many issues. He made it clear he didn't want to be there. And, I mean, I was surprised at first because Amari Cooper was a first-round pick. Yeah, so with Amari Cooper being that, you know, you know they got a first-round pick out of him, and now, you know, the Raiders now have that pick with them. Um, I think the whole thing there, what happened was in the middle of the season with the trade deadline taking place, um, Cowboys were in the market for a wide receiver by the trade deadline, and they were willing to give up anything for him. I think the Cowboys, Redskins, and Eagles were all looking to try to get Amari Cooper. They all offered second-round picks, and the Cowboys were finished you know, negotiating anything, and they threw in a first-round pick there. So mm-hmm. the, circun- the, the circumstances were definitely different during that time period, um, but you know, at the end of the day, the Raiders were just, you know, they wanted to... I think they were out of the sweepstakes because originally it was first reported that the Bills were securing Antonio Brown. And, you know, in the ESPN interview that Antonio Brown had, he mentioned that the league's going to play by his rules. I don't have to play football if I don't want to. And I think what happened there was he had so much disinterest in playing for the Bills. And since he's not friends with, uh, what's his name, was in the Bills on the defense? Jordan Poyer. Jordan Poyer. Like, you know, all the time we always hear that, you know, they've had troubled pass. And so, you know, with that taking place... um, that shows that goes to show you that Antonio Brown, um, since he had so much dis- disinterest in going to Buffalo, the Bills were like, "Well, we don't want him if he's not going to want to play with us." And mm-hmm. then you know that whole thing was taken away. And then the next day, you know, the Raiders grab him. And I think, like you said earlier, I think the Steelers definitely nabbed him. I mean, the Steelers definitely gave him away for nothing because they were pretty much trying to move on and move forward with their whole team situation. Yeah, but yeah, so that took place. Um, on top of the Raiders signings, um, we have Jonathan Hankins was signed to a two-year deal. And LaMarcus Joyner was a four-year, $41 million deal. So they're pretty much signing everyone. They have so much money in their cap space. And they're still in the sweepstakes as of right now. Um, it had, nothing has been reported yet. We'll let you know if in the middle of this podcast something happens. Mm-hmm. But they're still in the market for Le'Veon Bell. So that may or may not take place in the next 24 hours. And what we know right now with the Le'Veon Bell situation is that the Jets gave him an offer. And they gave him a timetable as to when he can um, take the deal or else they're not going to give him give it to him yeah so the Raiders may even double that price or something may go down there where Le'Veon Bell's done too and he may go to the Jets but we'll keep you posted on that so next thing that happened um, over the past 24 hours Giants trade Olivier Vernon uh, to the Browns and the 132 pick in the draft and receive offensive guard Kevin Zeitler and the number 156 pick um, t- uh, to free up cap space um, for safety and so 
or a defensive player in general. So um, what do you think of this trade? Uh, to me, I, th- I definitely think the Giants won this trade because they free up cap space with Olivier Vernon, who was getting a giant contract. And um, they, they didn't free up much space, but it's something um, to get someone on the offensive line who um, is indeed going to help them in one way, shape, or form. Because right now they have um, they just re-up Spencer Pulley to a three-year deal. We'll mention that in a second. Um, they just let go of Jamon Brown, so that fills in the space there. Jamon Brown's now with the Atlanta Falcons, your boys. Yeah. Um, and uh, who do they have at tackle? Nate Solder. Yeah. And then I forgot who they, they had. Wheeler at the other tackle position. Yeah, Wheeler. Yeah. So adding in Zeitler there, who's one of the better offensive linemen in the league, that definitely helps him a bunch for an offense that definitely needs it. And Olivier Vernon, um, he's been injured. He didn't play until week five. Um, he's on and off all the time. You give him to the Browns, that's a better asset for them. They have to add to their cap room, so now they lo- they definitely lose the space that they had, and then Giants free up space. I think this is a win for the Giants. Not sure what you think. People are definitely mixed feelings about this whole thing. Um, I mean, I personally, from the beginning, once I saw Vernon got that huge contract when he signed, I thought, wow, you know, that's a lot of money. I hadn't really heard too much of him, so I didn't really know what to think. And then over the last, I believe it was two seasons he was with him, he has played 14 games. He, he's barely, over the last two seasons, he's played 14 games. That's, that's, that would, yeah, I would even say the same same thing goes with Landon Collins, who we yeah. just had to let go, and we're going to get into his contract in a second, but more on Olivier Vernon, where he's always injured year in and year out. We're yeah. always expecting him to be a defensive prowess that the Giants need to rush off the edge, who is a big need for any team in the NFL now. I feel like now the big market money is in these defensive you know, pass rushers, and Olivier Vernon hasn't lived up to expectations. Um and, you know, he's always been a guy where you have on the team where you're like, all right, it's okay if he's in that position. But now it's like, even I've said on this podcast and off this podcast that if we get assets for Vernon and kind of free up cat space, that can help us in some way. Yeah. And, um, you know, getting offensive guard Zeitler instead of somebody, you know, who, you know, won't make as big of an impact is a big win for them. Yeah. Um, so next here we have the Pats trading a 2020 fifth round pick um, to, the, to the Philadelphia Eagles for Michael Bennett. And um, they also... Uh, well, excuse me here. Twenty a twenty twenty seventh round pick. So they acquire Michael Bennett and the twenty twenty seventh round pick. All they had to give up was a fifth round pick for him. So that's the whole trade details. Trade details there. Um, what we mentioned before um, is that you know, I remember when Michael Bennett first got signed to the Eagles. It's coming off their Super Bowl win. And what this goes to show you is that, you know, we're coming off a high here. If we just had Michael Bennett, we have him come in and out. Maybe he can, you know, help us out in some way. The whole Eagles defense as a whole this year was coming off an off year. And so Mm -hmm. getting rid of Michael Bennett, I think, is a first step to kind of, you know, trying to get more assets and free agency, which they did, which we'll get into as well. Um, This all pretty much comes full circle. But what do you think Michael Bennett being added to the Patriots does for them, considering they're losing, you know, offensive linemen like Trent Brown and they lose Trey Flowers? And Trey Flowers is definitely an asset that, you know, Michael Bennett doesn't fill that void for. So what do you what do you think of this trade? Does this help him in any way, or does this build any stability for the Patriots? I mean, I feel like by losing Flowers, that was a big hit, and I feel like they were just looking to add somebody to help them out because they realized that they were losing a, a big asset on that defensive line. So I feel like by adding a big name like Michael Bennett, he may not be what he used to be, but I feel like he's still got enough talent to wear Adding him to that defensive line, he will help. Yeah, he's he will do something. He's definitely not prime Seahawks no. Michael Bennett that he used to be. With the Eagles, he was more of a guy that come in and out of the sideline whenever guys were getting tired. Yeah. And I think now with the Patriots, they may keep him in there full-time, see what kind of potential he has, um, but it doesn't fill the void for Trey Flowers, who did wonders no. for them this season, got them a Super Bowl ring. 
Um, next here we got Rams uh, signing Eric Weddle to a two-year, $13 million deal and re-signed Dante Fowler, who they got um, uh, from the Jags midseason. Um, like we mentioned um, on an other, earlier podcast when we were going over the the, the, uh, the playoffs and everything like that, Dante Fowler was a big factor for them going against the Saints. He made that big play on mm-hmm. Drew Brees. Um, that was a big game changer. Um, and, you know, Eric Weddle, he's not what he used to be either, but it's definitely a big signing for them because – um, you know, Rams are starting to try to fill holes a little bit because they're losing the Navigating Zoo, and you need to have that defense be the way it is right now, maybe a little bit stronger. Uh, does Eric Weddle make a difference for this defense at all, or is Eric Weddle just a guy who used to perform as well, but now he's not as good as he used to be? I think he still has a lot of talent, and he has a lot to bring to the table, and he also brings leadership. And I feel like, you know, on that defense, not that they were that the weak spot, because they did hold, it was a, the lowest scoring Super Bowl, so they did do well up until the very end. But I feel like, you know, I feel like adding this this veteran presence, he's really going to help out that, that defense. Yeah, he'll definitely help out that locker room. Um, I just hope, you know, he performs the way he used to because now he's in the spotlight of being the team that yeah. has a chip on their shoulder from losing the Super Bowl to the Patriots, who are year-in and year-out Super Bowl contenders mm-hmm. and even underdogs going into this year. Um, hopefully they come back stronger than ever. Eric Weddle, definitely a great signing by them and a very quick ad. Yeah. Um, so they really didn't waste any time trying to get him on board. Um, so move on to the Lions here. So Trey Flowers, who is a former Patriot, now a, D- a Detroit Lion, signs a five-year, $90 million deal, $56 million of it is guaranteed. Let's not forget Matt Patricia is the head coach, so he previously worked with him there. And they signed Danny Amendola, who was previously on the Patriots before he was on the Dolphins. He signs a one-year deal. So more importantly, Trey Flowers, um, very big signing for uh, the Lions. What is, he's gonna, what is he going to do for them as a defensive front? Uh, I feel like, you know, adding him with snacks, I feel like that's – they needed a pass rush. They really did because I feel like, you know, they also needed part, some of an offensive line, but that they, they needed a defense because I feel like Matthew Stafford was put in the role where he constantly had to do everything and nobody else would help him out. And by adding a pass rush, and I just I think that's what they needed. I think they needed somebody to get to the quarterback and, you know, really force turnovers, try to get sacks, tackles for losses so that, their defense wasn't out the whole time, and Matthew Stafford wasn't playing from behind the whole time. This is definitely a big win for what they needed for their defense because, again, as an offense, they're pretty much you know staggered at this moment because you know they had a def- they had a like uh, a semi decent receiving core. Marvin Jones injured for the year, and then they had Kenny Galladay who was coming in as his own as a number one receiver. And now you bring in Danny Amendola; he's a slot receiver. But most importantly for their defense, um, defensive-minded head coach, like I said before, uh, previously worked with him. Now you add Trey Flowers, um, a great pass rusher, and then Snacks, who was previously on the Giants, so I've seen firsthand what he can do, mm-hmm. and they got him only for a fifth, and so, um, and then Ziggy Ants on the other side, who was previously franchise tagged, who was looking to be re-upped, I'm not sure if they re-upped his contract, I'm not sure the details on him, but that's an insane defensive front that they have there, yeah. big win by the Lions, um, like we mentioned before with the Giants, Landon Collins did not get t- uh, tagged by the Giants, so he tested free agency. Redskins, who are in the same division in the NFC East, signed a six-year, $84 million contract. He's now the highest-paying safety in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this addition to the Redskins, and especially being alongside cornerback um, Josh Norman, who's the highest-paying safety, and with their offense still needing to fill in those voids that they need? Um, this definitely does help their defense. Is not the long-term answer for their offense, but definitely, you know, band-aids up a little bit for their upcoming season. What does this do for the NFC East, especially with the Giants in that division? And is was this a great move by Landon Collins, or should he have tried to go into a team like the Chiefs or some other team? Uh, I mean, I feel like this was – I'm not surprised that this happened because I feel like the Redskins really tried to get somebody, and by going out for HaHa Clinton Dix in the middle of the season, 
they really showed that they wanted to get that safety presence and I feel like Haha Clinton he did well but he wasn't really what they were looking for. He's now a free agent as well, right? Yeah. He wasn't he wasn't what they were looking for. So I feel like, you know, the Redskins are very familiar with what Landon Collins can do because they're in the same division. So I feel like they feel a little bit more they have a little more reassurance on what to come out of him and I and you know, they listened clearly to what he was asking for because he wanted a long-term deal. And he got that long-term deal. He got a 6-year deal and he's getting what 84, 85, what is it? 84 million dollars. 84 million dollars. And he's getting, he's the highest paid safety. Like they completely listened to what he wanted. And I mean, I feel like for him, he wasn't really looking for the team presence. He was looking for, for that, that deal. He wanted that money and he got it. So I feel like it's a win for him. It's definitely a win for him. That's exactly what he was looking for. He wasn't looking to be tagged. Um, not sure what the Giants full term plan was going to be with him again mid season. He, there was rumors that the chiefs wanted him yeah. um, along with Jenkins. They just needed whatever to help that defense and the Giants declined. So I was hoping to see them tag him. They didn't do it. And now he gets all this money from the Redskins. It's a big factor for the Redskins because he's already been in that division. So he knows yeah. exactly what that defense has the offer offer, especially, you know, what their offense is the offer was Saquon Barkley and then Odell Beckham and then Eli, who's a pretty weak, weak, you know, quarterback to have. He may know the spots to choose from there. Yeah. Um, but again, we didn't mention this before, but Case Keenum was also traded from the Broncos to the Redskins. So that's not another move, another move by that team to acquire that quarterback um, who needs to fill that void at quarterback where they were pretty much in shambles all year round because um, Alex Smith gets injured. And again, they're paying him a lot of money. So now you're paying you know, Landon Collins and Josh Norman to those, you know, that, you know, type of deals. And, you know, the salary cap is looking a little bit tight now. Yeah. Um, you bring in Case Keenum, who is a type of quarterback where he proved that he proved what he can do with the Vikings. Um, he was decent with the Broncos. He wasn't their full answer. Uh, as he we was know, all right. As we know what the Broncos do with their quarterback situations, they're not sure what to do. Yeah. And um, he comes over to the Redskins where they were using Josh Johnson, who was drafted to the AAF and eventually had yeah. to sign a contract with the Redskins. And then Mark Sanchez... Um, you know, it's a band-aid to fill up there. Um, I'm very interested what they do with their money there, but I just wanted to let you guys know what's going on at the quarterback situation as well. So moving on here, we have Malik Jackson. As we mentioned before, Michael Bennett is not with the Eagles anymore. Malik Jackson, who was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, signs with the Eagles on a three-year, $30 million deal. I think this is a huge win for the Eagles defense. Yeah, great deal. Perfect, you know, upgrade from Michael Bennett, kind of looking what they were hoping to get out of Michael Bennett, and I feel like they're going to get more than what they got out of Michael Bennett with him. I think with such an elite defense that Jacksonville has, bringing him over um, to Philadelphia on a deal that's not asking for too much. I think ten mil a year only for three years. Again, that's not much. He's not asking no. for a five-year like Trey Flowers type deal. Yeah, I think that's perfect for them. Um, great move by the Eagles. Um, definitely makes a big change to their defense in that NFC East. Um, so Vikings cut Andrew Sandeo, so he's currently in the market right now. Not sure where he's going to sign, but we'll. I'm sure something will happen in the next 24 hours or the next day or two. And um, they also re-signed Anthony Barr after agreeing to sign with the Jets and eventually backing out. What do you think happened there? And is this better move? Is this a better move for the Vikings? Because I know Vikings fans personally who Anthony Barr was not putting in that much work. He was having a pretty down year. I think they were ready to get rid of him. I think bringing him back, they'll welcome him, well, they'll welcome him back with open arms. But that would have been a great move by the Jets, who are currently making as much moves as the Raiders are right now. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I personally think he would have been a great addition to the Jets. But just something that I saw from, uh, it was actually from Adam Schefter. He said that, that Anthony Barr was actually physically, it says physically sick last night after the news broke that he was headed to the Jets. And uh, the decision just didn't feel right to him. He decided to change his mind and got a deal done with the Vikings today. So it 
kind of probably it was probably better for the Jets that he didn't go there because he clearly if he you know quote unquote felt physically sick that yep. he didn't want to be there he probably would not have done anything special. Definitely for them. talk about a swing and a miss for the Jets who are making moves right now. I think they're definitely still holding their own over the water of the free agency um, whole thing going on right now. But um, you know losing him is a big deal and I think Vikings keeping him definitely holds him over with some water. Hopefully the you know, I feel like him and the organization are on good terms. Who knows what happened behind closed doors, but Anthony yeah. Barr is back with the Vikings, is not going to the Jets, as reports are saying. So we we failed to mention before, mostly because I'm all over the place with this whole transcript because of all the moves taking place. But Raiders signed offensive tackle Trent Brown from the Patriots to a four-year, $66 million deal. $36.75 million is guaranteed. He's now the highest-paid offensive lineman ever in NFL history. So I think phenomenal trade. Yeah. Um, I think that sets them up to try to sign Le'Veon Bell because they're trying to protect Derek Carr, who this year was having a pretty down year against the first year under a new head coach. And um, he's been with multiple head coaches, especially with Jack Del Rio the year before. And now you know now they have Antonio Brown. So I think this sets them up for a great offense. They're now signing defensive players, like we mentioned, LaMarcus Joyner. Um, I think uh, Trent Brown um, puts them in a very good situation to win there, especially if they eventually sign Le'Veon Bell. So what do you think of this offensive lineman um, signing and what does this narrative change for the the Raiders now since John Gruden was their head coach and everyone was giving up on him way too early on a 10-year, $100 million deal that he has with them to coach them? What does this show the, as the Raiders, especially with the new GM, Mike Mayock, as well? What kind of team are they becoming and where are they headed right now? Yeah, just quick before I get into that, actually Trent Brown did tweet at Le'Veon Bell and he says he wants him to come to the team. He's going to lead the way. Um, but yeah, going going back to the whole situation with John Gruden and and you know he was making decisions that if if Raiders fans had a time machine and they can go forward a year they wouldn't be too upset with the moves that they were making if they realized that they were going to be able to pick up all the assets that they are now but John Gruden's looking long term he's got a 10 year deal as you mentioned 100 million dollars he's not looking to win right now he's willing to make sacrifices to build more of a franchise 10 years is a long time in terms of the NFL. Build, building a team top to bottom. Yeah, you have a long time. I mean, like, what what year? 2019, 10 years ago, the, the Cardinals were this team that was, well, it was 10 years ago they were in the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Something like that. And and now look at them. They were one of the worst teams. Like, that's a 10-year gap. And look at how, like, the opposite, complete opposite of what happens. I think there's a very big stereotype when it comes to, or like some sort of bias when it comes to John Gruden because the way he coached back then and when he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks and his tenure with the Raiders as well, um, the way he coached back then is a different league now. As we yeah. mentioned, each and every podcast, the league is changing and changing. It's going to change again this year. It's going to have a different narrative as it did last year. And so people were giving up on him early, and he somewhat has a thing for players like 30 to 31 and yeah. sign them to a big deal who think they still have gas in the tank. I think he does have faith in these players. Like I think Antonio Brown is also falls under that category, but again, he's one of the best in the league, so I guess not really. Um, I think people gave on, uh, up on John Gruden too early. When they when I first saw that signing, I thought it was great. But then when you first, when you saw this season, it was very tough to watch. Um, but it's going to be very interesting this year. Um, if they somehow still go four and twelve with this lineup, then I'll be a little curious as to why. Yeah. You know, John Gruden isn't putting this together, especially with the analysis he does on all these quarterbacks year in and year out. Yeah. You think he know what to do with these guys? So next, Eagles signed Jason Kelsey to a one year deal. And um, I mentioned to Chris before, he didn't know this before we recorded, but he didn't have a printer in his house when he first got the contract by email or however they sent it to him. So he had to go to the UPS store near him, sign it, sign it at the UPS store and send it back out to go back to the Eagles. Um, 
that's very it's very funny um it's such a thing that the kelsey family does they're both yeah. guys are hilarious yeah and um i'm kind of glad he's with the eagles because he seems to fit them very well especially with that speech he had at the at the uh in his whole uh costume yeah, exactly yeah. I, th- I thought it was fantastic and so he's only signing a one-year deal hopefully they re-up him in the future um because you know he's he's done wonders for them he's been with them for the super he's bowl great, yeah yeah so definitely a big signing for them regardless yeah. if it's one year two years you He's keep solid. that. You keep that guy in your locker room. People are going to want to play for you. So, yeah. uh, Quan Alexander. This is a big signing. He signs with the 49ers, four years, fifty-four million dollars, with twenty-seven million guaranteed. Um, He's coming off a knee injury, like, as you mentioned to me before, and what reports are saying. Is this a big risk by the 49ers, and is this a really good signing for him? I think it's a very big risk, but I think it's a risk that they needed to take. They've had, you know, they've had issues in terms of injuries, and they've had issues. With the organization in the past, you know, another team, when you say 10 years along the line, you know, within a 10-year range, they had been to the NFC Championship, I think, twice within the last 10 years. And yeah. now they're one of, the, like, the lower-end teams at the at the moment. And I, I feel like they, they had some some rough times. And, you know, you really just got to gotta make those leaps of faith. And he, he is very talented. So the, the risk, in my opinion, is worth it because if he ends up being healthy and fine and not being completely killed by this ACL injury, he's very talented. Yeah, ACL definitely does change careers. And, again, they've been through bumps in the road. Again, they drafted uh, Foster, who's now with the Redskins. Yeah. And, again, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, and then the running back goes down, who's, who they signed to a big deal. And um, I think this will be a big comeback for them because come when those pl- players all come back, um, I think this could be a big wick for them. Again, they have Kyle Shanahan under their belt. And yeah. You know, he was with the Atlanta Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl. I think he did wonders for them as well. So I think, you know, if this all comes into fruition, they could be a big threat, especially with, you know, Richard Sermon, who they signed to a deal. And they got a lot of their investments that they made for their defense came from the draft or they signed yeah. it, or they signed some guys in free agency looking for a second chance. So I feel like they're very big on that because, mm-hmm. again, Richard Sermon came off an Achilles tear. So I think they'll yeah. be perfectly fine as long as these guys come back healthy. Yeah. Um, great signing by them. Uh, Bengals signed Bobby Hart three years, $21 million deal, who was previously with the Giants and was let go by them. So a guy who's seen this firsthand, I think this is an awful signing. It's one of the very few signings I've seen in this free agency so far that's been pretty bad and not essential for teams. So you're coming to a team that now has a new head coach in Zach Taylor, who was with the uh, the Rams, mm-hmm. who made it to the Super Bowl and lost, and he took the deal as soon as they lost. So he was with them you know, 100% even before they lost or if they were to win, if that were to occur. So... Um, to me, seeing Bobby Hart play, it was when that started to gain the narrative for the Giants that they were one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They let him go. They have eventually, over time, they kept Eric Flowers a little longer. They let him go. And now they have a whole re-upped offensive line um, that's looking to be somewhat substantial. Um, but Bobby Hart to the Bengals, for a team that has a brand-new head coach and Andy Dalton behind you, who has Andy Dalton years year in and year out because he's average, um, I think this isn't a great signing by them. Uh, what do you think of Bobby Hart going to the Bengals? Is like... Yeah, I mean, I feel like it just wasn't, especially for the money, it just wasn't really worth it, in my opinion. I feel like since they Way got... Way too much money. Yeah, since they got rid of Andrew Whitworth, they've just had issues with uh, their offensive line, and, I mean, that's what happens when you get rid of a pro bowler. You're going to be hurting, but I feel like they've really been hurting. Don't forget, they've also had Zyler. Yeah. The Bengals had Zyler before going to the Browns, so... Yeah. They, I feel like they had a perfectly substantial offensive line, and now they're signing the wrong guys. Again, this is a team that's going to have to start t- uh, bottom to top again. There's always been rumors that Andy Dalton isn't going to be with the team the next year and the next year. Um, they got to fix what's going on there. And yeah. not to mention their defense, who has some guys that um, aren't putting it together either. So, Jameson Crowder signed a three-year deal, $20.5 million to the Jets. $17 million of it is guaranteed. Um, what do you think of this signing? What does this do for the Jets with a young quarterback 
and I'm a young core who's currently trying to acquire Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah, what what does this say for the Jets, and how what does that make the receiving core better? Does it make it worse? What is it? I think it's going to make it a lot better because Robbie Anderson is promising. He can just battle injuries here and there. Same thing with uh, Quincy Anunua. He's been injured, but he's got talent. So I feel like by adding Crowder, I feel like it, it's going to be a pretty solid, I guess, trio that they can have. And, you know, with uh, Sam Darnold, you, you kind of need any weapon you can get. He doesn't necessarily need to be an elite receiver, but I feel like by adding anybody in, and if they end up getting Le'Veon Bell, you know, that's it's a lot of weapons around him that will help him out. I definitely think he needs someone there to help him out, and I think Le'Veon Bell is that guy. But it seems to me he's leaning towards the Raiders. If I were him, I would go to the Raiders, considering who they've been signing. It seems more of the attractive place and appropriate time to go there. But Sam Darnold, that could make an appropriate trio for him, and especially a core that you know he can work with. But I feel like as a young quarterback, you need that number one guy, and he doesn't have that yet. No, he doesn't. And I feel like the Jets need to make that move before even trying to get Le'Veon Bell. So... Um, hopefully they get that guy for him. Hopefully they do that soon. But Jamison Crowder is a decent pickup. Again, he didn't really prove his worth with the Redskins either. But he's now out of there, onto New York. Um, uh, Jesse James has left Pittsburgh to sign with the Lions. Um, what do you think of this pickup? What does this help them in any way, shape, or form? Especially when they lost Eric Ebron, who was the tenth pick in that 2014 draft, if I'm not mistaken. And they really they've had Toy Lolo, who is more of a gadget tight end than really a usage tight end. And Matt Stafford is a good enough quarterback where he doesn't need to overutilize his tight end because he's been in this league for a while and he has a nice arm. But now you bring in Jesse James, who is pretty decent with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. But they had to share, the, you know, he had to share the ball with pretty much Vance McDonald and um, Grimble mm-hmm. um, to the slightest. But does this help him in any way, shape, or form? Does this hold him over in any way? Because now he doesn't have to share the ball with anyone. Now we really get to see his potential when he comes to Detroit with a quarterback who has been in the league for a while, he knows what he's doing, does this help him? I feel like it It doesn't really, I don't think it's going to make much of an impact. I feel like Stafford never really utilizes tight ends. I don't like, think so either. I think that's why Eric Ebron was gone. Yeah. And he had a phenomenal year this year. He made the, exactly. pro, made the pro Bowl and everything. Yeah, I feel like he's going to be more, he's going to probably benefit more in the blocking scheme of things than receiving, to be honest. I think so too. Um, Frank Gore signs with the Bills, one-year deal. Um, he's looking to move up in that all-time rushing record. Um, what place is he in right now, and where is he looking to finish? I think he's fifth. I think he's trying to. I think he's trying to become fourth all time. Do you to think be he's going to try to even get third, or is this his final year? You think? I feel like each and every year, he looks as if he could play another three years if he wanted to. Like every time yeah. he finishes on his one year deals. So, I mean, I think he's. He definitely wants to get this move up that one more spot, but I feel like him and Shady, it could be a good duo but I, I mean no one really knows what what's going on with him in, in buffalo no is, is mccoy gonna play is he not they seem to really not utilize him that much but take a look at the impact that frank Gore had on the dolphins he pretty much went from the two guy that was just supposed to help him to pretty much taking over Kenyon drake's place yeah who, who knows if that's coaching because adam gase is now out of there and onto new york um maybe this could be a big help for them um again shady mccoy has held his own his like entire career pretty much and he became the number one guy in buffalo and he was considered to be a top 10 running back um, now you bring Franco over there. Is this going to change the way they run? They have the run scheme because, again, not to forget, Josh Allen is a running quarterback. He established that this year. He used his legs a lot. He had even had more yards to finish the year than LaShawn McCoy did. So how does this impact their running game, and how does this impact Josh Allen? Um, I feel like this impacts more the passing game than the running game because I feel like McCoy is now going to be that back that's going to be the receiving back. And I feel like Gore is going to be those guys you know near the goal line, inside the five-yard line. You're going to need someone to power through. I feel like Frank Gore is really good at that. 
And I think that McCoy can do it as well, but I feel like Gore is more known to do that. So I feel like McCoy was going to lean more towards receptions. I think so too. And you can't be mad signing Frank Gore. He's a guy who is going to give you production. He's not just looking to break a record either. He definitely has a lot of gas in the tank left. So, um, and to the big contract that's been building up for the past week, especially our last, um, you know, last podcast, there was little rumblings about it. Nick Foles sends a four-year, $88 million deal with the Jaguars. $50 $50 million of that is guaranteed, and it's, his contract overall is worth up to $102 million, um, you know, with guarantees and, you know, incentives and stuff like that. Is this a good signing by the Jaguars? Um, what, what do you think of this signing overall? I think it was a, I think it's an okay signing. I think they might have paid a little bit too much, but I think it was an okay signing. I think they need to really, they may have needed to pay him a little bit less. I know that the Bortles wasn't even remotely doing well for them. He... He was even the season that they almost made to the Super Bowl was the defense that really got them there, not really him. He was just doing okay. I would say in terms of Bortles, he just wasn't screwing up. It wasn't that he was doing great. He just wasn't screwing up as much. So I feel like they needed a quarterback, but I feel like they also need other holes that they need to fill. And Nick Foles is not a long-term option. So I mean, eighty-eight million dollars. I don't. I don't know. I feel like they need to fix up some other holes as well and if he's not a long-term young guy to to sign I don't know if it was the right idea to give him that much so the second I found out Philadelphia wasn't going to place their franchise tag on Nick Foles immediately in my head I thought Jacksonville is going to need a quarterback and they're they Blake Bortles can't be their long-term deal now here we are today he officially gets to sign the deal um to me when I see this occur I think it's a good fit I thought it was always going to be a good fit um but the issue is the way the way Nick Foles' career has played out, he's he's been with the Eagles before his second stint with them, winning their Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, and having a Super Bowl MVP. He was with Chip Kelly and Michael Vick at that time, and even then he was pretty solid. But and we're and it's always known that Chip Kelly isn't the coach to really change a franchise and make them better. He's known to make them decent or, you know, somewhat, you know, mediocre. And so he moves on. He eventually gets a contract to go to the Rams, who had Jeff Fisher, who, as we know today, has. You know, made a significant impact on them in the worst way possible because you bring in Sean McVay, he takes him to a Super Bowl in his second year. So that goes to show you his coaching isn't as great. Um, and then he moves on over to the Chiefs, where before even Patrick Mahomes was drafted, he was just backing up Alex Smith. He comes back to the Eagles, wins that Super Bowl, wins a Super Bowl MVP, and he he pretty much picked up where a team left off. And as we know, the narrative he placed on the Eagles is where everyone on that team wanted to play for him. And if it yeah. wasn't going to be Carson Wentz, who they love a lot, because he's a great guy, and you bring in Nick Foles, who is a guy who gives you hope because he was like a fifth-round pick coming out of Arizona. He's a guy who, you know, you put a lot of faith in him. You put a lot of faith in him, he's going to give all that faith back to you. He goes to the Jaguars, so the narrative over there is everyone didn't want to play for Blake Bortles. Mm -hmm. And whenever he wasn't in, you're pretty much playing for a guy like Cody Kessler, who is just a backup and a guy you, you know don't really know that well because he was just brought to that team that year. What this does for them, I definitely think guys like Jalen Ramsey and that whole defense want to play for him now. Um, but who knows how that offensive scheme is going to play? Because like I mentioned to you hundreds of times, I feel like he fits Doug Peterson's scheme so well on that offense that now yeah. he's coming over to the, to John DeFilippo, who was fired by the Vikings mid like mid to late season, and is going over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they have to start over from scratch again, pretty much. Um, I'm interested to see how this plays out, but I think the narrative of the team changes, and that's that that's big for a team. Any team that you know, goes from not wanting to play for someone to someone you're all in on, that can make a big difference. So yeah. I, it's a good signing in that regard. I agree with you that they paid a lot of money for him. Um, 
but it looks to me that they're making this a long-term deal and like they, they, they want him for a while so and again he's up there in age so yeah maybe they get a younger guy in the future but blake bortles they definitely needed to get out of there so i definitely think nick Foles isn't the worst guy to have on your team no and was definitely a big name in the free agent market so no. i'd rather have a super bowl winner super bowl mvp on my team who you're unsure about than a guy who has signed a big deal and he was drafted in the in a draft where it wasn't even quarterback heavy yeah so moving on here we got the sean jackson was traded to the eagles um he's now back in their second stint with them um the eagles get a 2019 uh sixth round pick and a 2020 uh seventh round pick sorry no they just get the sean jackson the bucks get those two picks um to me i'm not sure if this makes a big difference for the receiving core um speaker piece on this what do you what do you think the sean jackson does for them especially since you know they have a very depth wide receiver core yeah, I feel like he's going to be more of a returner, more of a special teams threat than he really is going to be in the receiving game. He he has speed, he has talent, he can run routes well. He showed glimpses of that while he was in Tampa, but they just I feel like didn't utilize him enough. But I don't I don't think he's going to do anything exceptional in the re, in the receiving game. I think he he'll make an impact, but I don't think it's going to be you know a game changing impact. Yeah, let's not forget again. It is the second step with the team, but now you have a different head coach. This guy was with the team. Um, when the league was very different and he was very young, he had a lot of attitude and now, you know, he's much older, a lot more experienced. I feel like he can help them in the regard since he's been there before and he knows that division top to bottom. Um, I guess it's a good pickup by them. I know they had mutual interest, so I guess it's a good signing by the, uh, the Eagles there. Um, so Bill signed tight end Tyler Croft three years, $18.7 million. Um, what does this say for the team that needed a tight end? Again, they were very in on Charles Clay for the past two, three years. It didn't really work out. He was always injured. You bring in Tyler Croft, who was fairly decent for, uh, for filling in Tyler Eifert's spot over there um, in Cincinnati. And now he's your security blanket for the next three years. Is this a big help for Josh Allen, considering he's a rookie quarterback? And you know exactly what we say about rookie quarterbacks, where tight ends are pretty much their best friend. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he has the potential to really break out. He he wasn't really fully utilized in Cincinnati, but I, I think he has talent. But again, like I said with Deshaun Jackson, I don't think he's going to really be a game changer. I don't think he's going to put that much of a you know of an impact on the team. I think he's a, it's a good signing. I wouldn't say it's a bad signing. I'm just I, I just feel like you know it's not going to be anything exceptional. It's just something to really someone to add on because they don't want to have Clay anymore. Gotcha. So Adam Humphrey signs with the Titans, four years, $36 million. He's coming off a great year with the Bucks. Um, and again, Jameis, Jameis Winston, his game plan is always to go to his tight end, whether it's um, Cameron Braid or if it's – who's the other tight end? O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, forgot about him. Um, he's He had a great year as well. Um, if he's not going to those guys, Adam Humphreys, he's going right to him, and he had a phenomenal year. Does this help the Titans? Is this a mediocre signing? Did they pay too much money to get him? What do you think? I mean, I don't think they needed to pay as much as they did. He definitely helps because they really only have... I mean, they have Delaney, but he's going to be gone soon. He's not going to be around. So? I don't think he's going to be around that much longer. And uh, they have uh, Corey Davis, who's young, who's doing pretty well, and they kind of needed some sort of help. Uh, that was definitely an issue with them last year, and then Derrick Henry decided to show up at the end of the season and kind of change that in the run game. They, they went run heavy, but... It's they need help on in the passing game. I feel like Humphreys is he's not bad, but I I I feel like it's I think they pay too much. I think so too. So uh, Terrell Suggs sends a one year deal 
with the Cardinals, and he's been with the Ravens since 2003. Yeah. I really can't imagine him in a different uniform other than the Baltimore Ravens uniform. What do you think of this signing? Does this help the Cardinals in any way? And, um, you know, yeah, uh, what does this do for the Cardinals, considering they have the opportunity to get Nick Bosa with the first pick in the draft? Um, is this kind of a veteran presence? Is this kind of someone who they can kind of rely on? since he's been in the league for so long, does this, is this in any boost in some sort of way for a team that was pretty mediocre this season? Uh, yeah, I think anything, to be honest, is going to help them out. Their, their team as a whole was not doing well. It wasn't just defense. It wasn't just offense. It was the team as a whole was really having issues. So I feel like, you know, bringing somebody in, he's very talented. doesn't matter that he's a veteran, but he's very talented. He can really get to the quarterback. He's, he's been around for a while. He's seen the league change, and he's had to adapt, and he really can offer good advice and I feel like the uh surrounding him with all these these people like you know he could be a locker room presence where everybody's trying to quit and they don't want to do it anymore because obviously they didn't have a great season and I feel like he can kind of step in and be like all right guys let's go like you know keep working don't give up we got to keep going and it can really turn around that organization definitely and considering that they still have Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson that defense who has a lot of talent, just, you know, they haven't had the p- right pieces to go together to win games. Yeah. Bringing Terrell Suggs in, I feel like that's a guy where they can get along fairly quickly. Um, so I have two signings here for the Bears. Bears signed Mike Davis from the Seahawks, and they also signed Buster Scrine from the Jets, I believe, right, the Jets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of these two signings, and what does that do for Jordan Howard now, considering that they bring this guy in? I mean, I feel like they wanted to get rid of him. They made it known they wanted to get rid of Jordan Howard. They... It was no secret. I I don't think any teams have really bitten yet, but I don't think the uh, the future is really promising for him. Um, and then bringing Mike, in, Mike Davis did fairly decent, I think. Yeah, he didn't do bad. And then bringing in another safety. I mean, they got rid of Amos, so I feel like that's kind of what that was there for. Gotcha. And um, Buster Scrine, fairly older guy for the Bears. What does this do for a defense that has Khalil Mack? They have you know Eddie Jackson on that defense. They have a lot of pieces there where they had some Super Bowl potential and they fell short. Um, does a veteran presence like that change anything or is it just kind of bringing depth to their lineup? I think it's more bringing depth. I don't, I don't think he really – I think he caused issues with the Jets, to be honest. I don't think he really – not anything crazy, but I feel like he was more – he caused more issues than he really could have helped anything. So I feel like it was more depth. Gotcha. So um, next they have here, very big signing, Tyron Matthew, three years, $42 million deal with the Chiefs. Um, very much needed signing by the Chiefs. Um, they put their they put the exact money that they needed to give to a guy to change their defense in a big way. And I think Tyron Matthews that guy. Um, what do you think of this? this yeah, signing? I feel like that. Like as we mentioned, they they needed Collins. They didn't get Collins, and he was the next best guy. So I feel like they really kind of went all in, and they it paid off, and they really needed him. I think that was the best move they could have possibly made in that scenario, especially because yeah. they're getting, you know, they just tagged D Ford, and they're still waiting for trades to happen. They get rid of Justin Houston, and you know they need to build up that defense for an offense who is as high powered as they are, very close to making the Super Bowl, and um, I think this helps them out in a big way. Yeah, um, Devin Funches signs with the Bills on a one year, thirteen million dollar deal. Does this make a difference for them in the receiving core, as we mentioned before? who now has um, Cole Beasley just signed with them as well. And uh, John Brown. John Brown, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, um, you're, you're adding some depth in there, but none of these guys ring a bell as a number one receiver at no, all. No, they, they more of were, were depth. I mean, can you win games and can you really get somewhere with depth? Yes, you definitely can, but it's, it's definitely better to go out there and find somebody. I mean, you know, are they going to pick up 
DK Metcalf, I don't know. Maybe that would be a good signing. I mean, they just picked up three receivers in in free agency, but you know, Metcalf could kind of be that that main guy. So maybe they could build all around him, and they have this presence. But I think it I think it's going to help, but I don't think it's going to be a huge impact on them. And to get in more detail, John Brown signed a three year, twenty seven million dollar deal with the Bills, and Cole Beasley, who also signed with them, signed a four year, twenty nine million dollar deal. So expect these guys to be around long term. Devin yeah. Funch is only there for the one year. Um, we'll see what kind of impact they make for the Bills come this season. Uh, Jet, uh, Jets signed Josh Bellamy two year, seven million dollar deal. Um, what kind of signing is this? What do you think of it? No, nothing. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of like whatever. It's whatever. It's a minimal deal, just yeah. trying to get someone to come in. Nothing glamorous. Yep. So safety Kareem Jackson, three years, thirty-three million dollar deal with the Broncos. Hmm. It's a That's... Broncos team who's still been trying to hold up their own, especially after coming off Super Bowl Fifty win. Um, yeah. You know, I think this is a pretty good signing by them. It's a long-term deal. I I think it's a start to rebuilding that defense. It's a start, and their offensive, their defensive line was was picking up picking up the pace a lot because again, Von Miller is their guy, um, and they had Bradley Chubb, who they drafted fifth, who later in the season was really starting to put it together because you really haven't heard his name in the middle of the season. Um, yeah. I think this is a big pickup by them. I think they're truly, yeah. if they're not going to have their long-term answer for offense because now they're bringing in Joe Flacco at quarterback, and that's not the answer that they want because. They wanted the young guy. They wanted older guys, and it seems to me John Elway just like the, likes the older guys that may yeah. or may not have enough gas in the tank to keep going. If you're going to build that defense, at least they're doing something to make some moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and we mentioned the Marcus Joyner. Jets signed C.J. Mosley five years, $85 million. Um, Phenomenal signing. I think that was a great deal. Great deal. I, I don't think it was a waste of money at all. I think mm-hmm. just perfect – Perfectly fine with me. Because now you have them. You have Trumaine Johnson. Who else is on that defense? Uh, they got uh, the two safeties. What are their names? Um, Jamal Adams. Jamal and, Adams, uh, you're right. There's the other guy. Young guy. Uh, they, they they got another safety with him, too. I can't remember. Uh, is it May? Is that his name? Not sure. Can't Might remember. Be, maybe right. Can't but remember. I just kind of wanted to put into perspective what C.J. Mosley's walking into the locker room with now. Yeah. And I think that's a phenomenal signing. Uh, that's definitely a team that's making big moves. Yeah. And that's one of them. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, who was previously a Jet, now signs with the Browns. Uh, three years, $39 million deal. $21.5 million was guaranteed. Um, put this into perspective now. The Browns have Miles Garrett, who was that number one pick in his draft. Um, you now have Olivier Vernon coming from the Giants. Yep. Sheldon Richardson now comes in on a big deal. Yep. And you know, who else is on the defense? Oh, they have Demarius Randall. They have Denzel Ward. Very nice looking defense. Yeah. Um, how big of an impact is Sheldon Richardson going to have on these guys? Because he is a veteran. He's been in this league a while. Yeah, I, I think he's going to really help out this defense. I think he's going to be a presence in the in stopping the run because Miles Garrett is uh, he's really the guy that gets to the quarterback. I'm not saying that you can have more than you can't have more than one guy doing that, but they're not really necessarily worried about a pass rush because he was doing well with that last year. So I feel like by having because he's a he's a D tackle, so he's going to be in the middle of the of the uh, field, so I feel like you know running up the middle, they they were having a little bit of issue stopping the run. So I feel like by putting him in, he's gonna really plug that gap, and uh, you have presence coming from the middle. You have Miles Garrett coming from the outside. I feel like it's a great deal. I think so too. So uh, along with all these teams making moves, we can't leave out the Packers who are making big moves on their defense right yeah. now. Preston Smith signed with the Packers, four years, fifty-two million dollars. Um, Zadarius Smith signs with the Packers as well, and Adrian Amos signs with the Packers, four years, thirty-seven million dollars. Um, those are three guys, three big names. Um, yeah. it's a surprise to me they're spending all these money on these guys, especially since they just signed um Aaron Rodgers to another six years of his career. Yeah, and they put a lot of invested a lot of money into him, 
And they were already a defense that was already kind of on the radar. They were pretty decent. Yeah. Um, what are the, How are these guys going to make an impact for them? And, you know, how does that help them in any way, shape, or form? I mean, to be honest with the linebackers, Clay Matthews just wasn't doing it to me. I feel like he, he was all right, and he was really he, he was more prime time when he was younger. So I feel like by adding two new linebackers in and getting rid of Nick Perry, I feel like that was needed. They're going to have, like, those fresh legs of linebacker. They're newer. They're, they're still talented. They're good. Um, yeah, adding a safety in there, I feel like, um, they got rid of Hawkland Dix, so I feel like you know by adding him in, he's really replacing them, and they at least have someone pretty solid as a safety. Um, I feel like what's happening is they're realizing that you know Aaron Rodgers, they're putting, they're paying him big money to really step up and make him win the games. He, they want him to lead that team, but it's not going to come with a great offense and a mediocre defense. It's not going to happen the way the league is now. So you need to have, you don't need to have like an A plus offense and A plus defense, but you know if you have a relatively high-graded offense, you got to have at least in the mid-range, at least an average defense, in my opinion. I agree. Um, Tayshawn Gibson signs with the Texans three years, $22 million. What do you think of this signing? Just, in my opinion, just to replace the Honey Badger. I think so, too. I yeah. think they were looking – they're very they're scrambling for a guy. Yeah. And I think the Texans actually gave Tyron Matthew an offer, and then he just said no. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think it's a, a bad signing. No, not at all. At all. Um Linebacker Thomas Davis, veteran from the Panthers, signs with the Chargers. Not, I'm not sure what the details are on the trades. Um, do you think the veteran presence for him and Derwin James and Melvin Ingram is a great place to be for this Chargers team, who was in the playoffs, let's not forget, um, who were then demolished by the Patriots? Um, how, how good of this is a signing, or do you think this is a bad signing? I mean, it, it's it's a very tough judgment to make because I feel like their linebackers you know Der- uh, they had Derwin James as a safety who I feel like was doing well then they have Casey Hayward as a corner who's doing well you have Melvin Ingram who's pretty solid um, I feel like by adding him he- he's gonna he's obviously got a veteran presence he did well in turn in in uh, Carolina it wasn't like you know he's up there in age and he wasn't doing anything he was doing well I think you know the, the- they both kind of mutually departed they were kind of just like you know we want to move on. We want to bring in some new guys, and uh, they're really moving forward with Luke Keekley in Carolina. But I, I think it's not a, a, a terrible signing. But I, I, I could see them without it. I don't know the trade detail. I don't know not trade details. I don't know the signing details. My to my knowledge, I feel like this would only be a one year signing. Yeah, I can't see it being anything crazy. At most two. I feel like I would get more insight if I knew exactly what the details were. But uh, Jordan Hicks, linebacker, signs with the Cardinals, four years, $36 million deal. Um, he's pretty good. I think this is an insanely good trade. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a good deal. He's, he was pretty talented. He's pretty talented. So by adding him. You're keeping him long term? Yeah. Like we mentioned, Suggs. Yeah. You have Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson. They also picked up uh, Alford from the Falcons. They signed him. And You're right. uh, yeah, so they have him as a corner. So that's this Patrick is, Peterson. This and him. only goes to show me, show me with all these defensive signings, is that they have to get Nick Bosa first. In they this have draft. to. I mean, I know that there's rumors with them getting Kyler Murray, but I feel like they kind of put out uh, Josh Rosen and they said that they're up to hearing trades, but clearly there's been no rumors, no nothing circulating about it. So I feel like there's no point. You're not going to just cut him. And you're not going to have him, like you know, be a backup to a rookie. I don't think that's going to happen. So I would be highly disappointed if the Cardinals did not 
pick up Nick yeah. Bosa first round. I feel like that's it's, all they're missing. They're signing all these guys long term, and I'm surprised they even got Patrick Peterson to come back midseason because he was looking to get traded. Yeah. And he stuck around for a team that ended up being one of the worst in the league. So yeah. Um, Latavius Murray, this is interesting. He's signing with a four-year deal with the Saints, and it looks now that Mark Ingram is uh, expected to sign with the Ravens because yeah. the Ravens are the front runner to pick him up. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like, you know, this kind of goes, this perfectly fits their scheme. That Latavius Murray fills in for Ingram. He's he's not uh, he's not a big veteran like Mark Ingram is, but that's kind of what they need. They need Kamara as that speed back, that receiving back. And Murray can do that, but Murray's bigger. So Murray can, you know, bounce off of tackles. He's a bigger guy. And I feel like that scheme really has helped New Orleans throughout their past two seasons where they've really excelled. So I feel like by adding him, they're hoping to to keep that one-two punch alive, which has really worked for them. I feel like, if anything, this solidifies Kamara being the number one guy, no, like, hands down. Yeah. Like, he no longer has to share with Mark Ingram. Because as yeah. soon as Mark Ingram came back, you saw the significant yeah, drop-off. and cut, he got cut in yards, and he uh, he wasn't getting as many looks, handoffs, nothing. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, expect uh, Mark Ingram to be signed with the Ravens soon. As of right now, he is not, but they are the front runners to pick him up. Dolphins re-signed, to my surprise, Devontae Parker, two years. Uh, I'm not sure what the actual money is on that deal, but it looks to me Brian Flores has not given up on Dante, uh, Devontae Parker, who have who we've seen um, is a lot of talent. I think it was a first, second round pick. I think it was a first round pick. Yeah. And, you know, Adam Gase didn't utilize him the way he should have been used. And the same thing goes for Kenyon Drake, who wasn't used either. You bring in a new head coach who's defensive minded. Um, but I think without that defensive mindset, bringing in this guy back is a great idea. Um, we saw his agent release in the middle of the season that Adam Gase is like intensifying that he is injured and we just haven't used him because he hasn't been back yet. And then his agent was open in saying that he's not injured, they just don't want to use him. I think bringing him back is a great signing. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you know they don't really have many options left, especially because they let Amendola walk. So I feel like by bringing him back, he's kind of got to be their number one role, I feel like. And they let Jarvis Landry go two seasons ago. They let Amendola now walk. And those were their main guys, I feel like, in terms of receivers. So you can't let another guy walk and not have a backup to that. And I feel like, you know, he, he put up good numbers. He wasn't anything special, but he wasn't bad. He, I feel like he did his job. So cornerback Bradley Roby will sign a one-year $10 million deal with who? I didn't even write the team. <laughs> uh, Bradley Roby. Yeah, I forgot who he signed with. I'm surprised I didn't write down who he was signing with. It's a little too hectic over here. That's why I haven't had him written down. Um, just let me know what you get as soon as you get it. Yeah, Bradley Roby is joining the Texans. Texans, you're One right. One-year deal. What do you think of this signing Um I, cornerback? I, I feel like I don't I don't know. I mean, he, he he's very talented. I think he's good, but you, I just feel like you didn't hear much about him because that team overall just wasn't doing well. The Broncos were not doing well last season. So I feel like you really didn't hear much about him, and I feel like Chris Harris is really the main guy there. So you hear, if you hear about a defensive back, you're hearing more about him. Um, but I, I think Roby, to the to the Texans, they they definitely needed help on their defense, and they let go one of their uh, corners as well. I, I, I did you write down? I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but they let one of their uh, they let one of their safeties go. I don't have it written down. No, I think it was something Johnson. To be honest, I think so. Um, Kevin Johnson, maybe. Yeah, Kevin Johnson, you're right. Um, he just signed with the uh, the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure what his uh, actual deal was, but those details are out there right now. 
Um, I wanted to get into this real quick. So your guys over there in Atlanta, the Falcons, yeah. um, had two major signings for an offensive line who was in shambles this year. Jamon Brown, who was with the Giants and mm-hmm. previously before that with the Rams, um, the first year Sean McVay was in there. So he played 16 games there. With the Giants, he was fantastic. I definitely think he held his own with a de- with an offensive line who really wasn't good at all. Um, he signed a three-year deal with them. What do you think of this signing? Honestly, I, I'm very excited because from obviously you told me before – we started um, airing that you know he he was he was doing well for the Giants and I remember hearing from other people because we're surrounded by Giants fans. I remember people really liking him from here. So I feel like I mean we you've heard me rave about him yeah like, all the time. And I mean n- I was excited. I was just happy to get anybody at that point. I just wanted somebody in at our offensive line because Matt Ryan was taking too many hits and you know you have this high paid quarterback and you don't want him to go down with an injury and you have other offensive weapons and I mean coming in with Freeman coming back from an injury you really got it. You got to block for him. You got to make some moves. And when I heard that it was it was Brown, I, I was like, wow, you know, that was better than what I w- had expected. And I'm, I'm happy with that signing. And also they all they signed James Carpenter, Carpenter to a four-year deal. Yeah. I mean, like that kind of goes back to my previous comment. I don't really know much about him, though, but I'm just happy to have somebody in there because I think we just, needed help. I think they're just giving depth because, depth because if anyone else gets injured on their offensive guard position, they need someone to come in. I feel yeah. like him and Jamon Brown definitely come in and they'll – They'll hold up a bit. I don't, think yeah. I don't think there's any worry when it comes to injuries, injuries for your offense anymore. No. And um, to kind of wrap this up here, Giants signed a two-year deal with Antoine Bethea. I think they're on a, a budget as to who they have to sign over there on their defense. They're Again, yeah. their cap space is very low. And lastly, Saints plan to bring back Des Bryant, who was yeah. with them for a very short period of time due to injury for one practice. I think that gives them a lot of room there to work with, especially since they have Michael Thomas, who's one of the best in the game right now. Des Bryant... Um, definitely helps him out a lot in that standpoint. Is there any recent news that we haven't received yet uh, before um, we wrap up here since we've been recording to start? Speaking about the Saints, they're trying to bring back Teddy. Teddy as they're well. Trying, they're Forgot trying to bring back that. Teddy Bridgewater. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? Um, I do not believe so. I do not think that there's... The only thing we really missed was uh, center Matt Paradis. I was just going to say that, yeah. The Panthers on a three-year, $27 million deal. Um, they need help there, especially getting rid of, um, what's his name, who went to the Jags? Norwell? Norwell, yeah. So that definitely helped out a lot of, a lot of bit. So um, to wrap up here, still free agents available right now in the market that we'll keep you updated on. Running back Le'Veon Bell, who as of right now has received an offer from the Jets and has limited time to to answer the deal and accept it. And Raiders are still the front runners to to grab them, grab them. But you know who knows what Le'Veon Bell's decision will be. Earl Thomas, who's asking price, is up there with Tyron Matthews' price. So don't expect the Cowboys, who is desired destination to go, will sign if they can't even hold on to Cole Beasley. Um, a CJ Mosley got signed. Ronald Darby. Um, I was expecting to be a front runner to go to the Giants, but I think yeah. uh, I'm not sure what kind of prices he's asking to be. Paradis got signed. Justin Houston is still in the free agent market, and very notably, uh, Nadamikin Sue, um, who'll probably sign a short term deal with some team, and then Tyro Williams, who's been in the free agent market since the beginning. A lot of teams were looking to make an impact heavily on him, and with the Antonio Brown signing, um, the Raiders are really looking to pick him up. And um, now they don't need to. So, you yeah. know, maybe these guys will get signed to a team soon. We'll keep you updated on these guys. Other than that, I pretty much don't have any more things to talk nah, about. Yeah, that's all. We just read through the whole six-page transcript of <laughs> as to who got signed, as to who got traded. If we missed anyone, we apologize. But to kind of wrap up the show, we're going to plug up um, our Twitter. You can receive updates on everyone who gets signed in this free agent frenzy. 
going on right now. Um, you can just receive updates on the NFL in general on, at Franchise Tag Pod on Twitter. Um, uh, make sure uh, to subscribe to our uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can find us anywhere on any other platforms as well, such as Spotify, Google Play, and everything. But on Apple, make sure to leave a review. Make sure to leave us a, a five-star rating. We really appreciate it. Working hard over here to try to give you the latest news on the NFL. Other than that, we'll see you guys soon as to who else gets signed. Take care. Goodbye. Hello, everyone. It's Eric here. As the release of this episode, Odell Beckham has been traded to the Cleveland Browns. The New York Giants will receive the number 17th pick in the 2019 draft along with the third-round pick, along with safety Jabril Peppers. Browns will receive Odell Beckham Jr. I am in utter disbelief. I'm going to save some more for next week, but my current stance on this trade is if you're going to trade Odell Beckham Jr., who is a top three receiver in the league, to the Cleveland Browns, who are currently in an incline for as a franchise, who have Baker Mayfield, they have Nick Chubb, they just signed Kareem Hunt, who knows what his situation will end up being. They have Antonio Callaway, they have Jarvis Landry, who was a friend of his, and now you give them that and all we get is another first round pick but it's not going to add up to the talent that is Odell Beckham Jr. And if you were going to trade Odell Beckham Jr., and I know he's a lot of baggage for those of you Giants fans who know what I'm talking about, then we could have freed up space to try to keep Landon Collins. Now he's on the Redskins of all teams, is in the same NFC East team, and pretty much knows our offense pretty, pretty well, especially since Eli Manning is you know, towards the talent of his career, and he's absolutely throwing to no one now. I'm going to leave it at that for now. I'm going to save the rest of my thoughts next week when I'm here with Chris, but that's the news that just broke out. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Bye.